You are listening to Champions for NorCal Kids, brought to you by First 5 Shasta, First 5 Tehama, KIXE Channel 9, and Expect More Tehama. I'm your co-host, Wendy Dickens, Executive Director, First 5 Shasta. And I'm your co-host, Heidi Mendenhall, Executive Director at First 5 Tehama. Please listen in as we highlight both the importance of and the amazing champions that work for the youngest members of our community. Our goal is to share the wealth of our community with our community. Hey, Heidi, how are you doing? So good, Wendy. Ready to talk about kindergarten readiness. I love it. I love it. You know, it is that getting to be that time um, for people to think about kindergarten or TK possibly. And there's a lot of changes happening at the state and then that will trickle into the local level. So there's a lot of things I'm sure happening for Tehama County as it is for Shasta County and all the counties nearby. So, you know, it's good probably for us to have a bit of a conversation that's really focused in on kindergarten readiness. I know we've had brief conversations about how do you get your child ready for kindergarten, but we'll add a little bit of that to this and we'll just stick to that. I think in the past, it's just kind of been woven into prior conversations, but this one, I I think you really wanted to make sure we were bringing to the forefront this information and making sure people know, you know, what the ages are and how we move forward with our own child. So I appreciate that. Thinking about it through the lens of teachers, thinking about it through the lens of parents, thinking about through the lens of leaders or community members. Like, I think, you know, there's no one that can say they've never known a kindergartner. (laughs) Right. Right? So. This is important to everybody. Um, It's kind of funny. I know you feel like, well, something like kindergarten readiness, it's got to have a definition. Nationally, there must be a definition. Statewide, there must be a definition. We talk about it. And, you know, there really, there is not a unified definition. No, there isn't. Isn't that amazing? It's like, why after all of these many years? (laughs) (laughs) We even have a a next stop kindergarten guide and we're coming out with Next stop TK, next stop preschool, like, you know, preschool and TK kind of are similar, but they're not the same. So we're trying to help the community understand the differences. So I appreciate the definition because I think it's important for people to understand the differences of the types of things that there are being talked about, right? Like the difference between preschool and TK and the difference between, you know, in-home childcare settings and small preschool settings, as opposed to a larger preschool setting, you know, so Go yeah. for it. You you do your definition. Me for, well, okay. I was going to ask you um, <laughs> how I think about it. So I, I I think for me, I think about it in two different ways. I think about it first in the in the way of what does kindergarten ready mean? Well, it means that they are ready to walk into a kindergarten classroom and be successful, which means be engaged, be open to learning, make friends, have social connection, and access that language arts, math, literacy, you know, um, visual art, science curriculum, right? Well, what does it mean to do that? And that's where I get really mushy because I think, well, is that really the kid's job or is that the teacher's job? And is it really kinder readiness, like focused on what the kid needs to do? Or in order to get your child ready for kindergarten, is it about finding that match where the teacher is providing those opportunities too? So I can really kind of, you know, nerd out on that fact. But if I'm talking to my neighbor, I say, well, what you really want to focus on to support your child in kindergarten is make sure that they have a connection to other adults so that they know how to make connections to teachers, that they have verbal and language skills. They can talk about what their needs are, hear what others' needs are, and start to engage in that, right? Because then we know how to line up and we can say if I need to go to the bathroom and being able to share that. 
and that they'd start developing a love of reading, which means sitting on your lap and reading with you. And if you can do those three things, if they can start to know how to make friends and share their needs with language, they have a love of reading because they're sitting on your lap and they know how to have a relationship with an adult, a, a trusted, caring adult, they're going to find some success in that kindergarten classroom. Yes, I think, you know, kindergarten now has gotten a little bit more prescriptive, unfortunately, and hopefully with uh, TK introductions into the school system, they'll start to realize that what we're asking kindergartners to do oftentimes is not um, age appropriate, right? You know, sitting in a desk, not twiddling your anything, not fidgeting, not getting up and moving around, not talking to your neighbors is definitely not the environment a kindergarten can last very long in. And if they can, they and they're deemed the, you know, quote unquote, good student because they can do that. That doesn't mean that they're learning. Oh, um, no. <laughs> you know, it's very, very important for people to understand that. And I think the other big thing for parents that I always say is like, you know, your kid best. And yes, kindergarten is important. Um, but that's why it's also important to start your child off in some sort of setting that they're not with you the entire time. Even if you prefer not having them gone all of the time, finding play groups where they're going out onto the, into a park nearby and playing with other kids and you're getting some adult time and you're sitting back, letting them have that, letting them have that, going on small dates with your significant other so that they're getting used to being with other adults, not just you as their parent. And not that you still aren't their primary person and not the most important person, but they still need to have those interactions with other um, adults in their life so that, like you said, they have some preparedness around being with other adults. And, the, you know, and I know there's like a very large conversation about homeschool, not homeschool. The thing that allowing your child to go into a different setting, whether it be a charter, a public, a private school setting, is they start to get different social experiences that you can't lend themselves in a solidly strict homeschooled environment. So, you know, thinking about that part of it is also important as a parent. And again, it's you, up to you as a parent, what you get to decide for your child. But, you know, really beginning the conversation with your child too, finding out what they're, you know, ready for is important. So having that first kind of conversation with them and, and finding out what, you know, um, level they're at and how comfortable they're at. And you do that obviously with age appropriate. You're not going to say, Hey, are you ready for kindergarten? Cause that is definitely not going <laughs> to but it is important to understand their emotions around it, right? Yes. Are you, you know, my kid number one was like, let me go. I'm good. Right, right, right. Kid number two is like, if she could crawl like into my sweatshirt, she would, right? Mm -hmm. And so having an understanding and where they're at in their emotions around going to the school, right? Whether that be when they're going to TK or kindergarten and then being able to have conversation around that, right? And right. knowing then how to start practicing where, where's our barrier? What's the thing? Um, for my, for my second child, the barrier was around feeling like they weren't going to know who to ask and how to get help. And so meeting all the adults at the school prior to her yes. first school yes. was incredibly powerful. And yes. luckily, because my you know kid number one was already going to this school, we had some natural opportunity to engage in, in that relationship building with adults, right? And that's like, that's why it's one of my three big things when I think about kindergarten readiness is, do they know what they need for a relationship with adults? Do they know how to have a secure relationship with adults where they can trust them? And are you giving them those opportunities to meet those other adults, which 
to your point, like I can't be everything all the time. I just can't. Right. 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 So even and if I, I'm providing learning opportunities, I need to give them opportunities to meet other people. Exactly. And I think parents miss that or forget that or are so worried about other adults not being what they want them to be for their child. And what I say to that is I hear that and it is a valid concern that you, but that's why you surround yourself with, with parents of other children and friends, you know, are on the same wavelength as you. And then that is also why you go and look at different settings for your child at different locations within your community, whether again, charter, private, you know, public. And if you have more than one public, many times inter-district transfers are completely allowable. So going to different schools to see what teachers you see, you know, you observe doing the right thing. Now you have to make appointments at the front desk and make sure you go through their appropriate channels. Don't just walk on campuses. Your visitor they're gonna... badge, sign in, do all the <laughs> sign things. in, get a visitor badge. Otherwise they're going to lock the place down and you're going to be considered a suspect of some sort. Oh. But, you know, let them, you go and, and visit. Then once you've made kind of a decision and you've had some kind of preliminary conversations to see where your child's emotional states are, then you know how much prior work you need to do with them around taking them to that setting, introducing them definitely, regardless of your child, you should introduce them to the teacher, let them know that, see that you're talking to the teacher, see that you're feeling comfortable and safe with this person, that, you know, this is the person they'll be going to, you know, it's really important for you to have that builds time for them, that relationship, at least introduction. I always know that when I go to a place, if I'm going to have somebody I know that can introduce me, I have less anxiety. It's true for a kid too, right? It's, you know, it's anxiety because they aren't going to necessarily know anyone else in their kindergarten class or any other adult there unless you've done that work for them as a parent. And if you can think about the fact that as an adult, we have those kinds of anxieties, even as gregarious as I am, and even as, you know, outgoing as I can be, I still have anxiety about new environments where I might not know anybody. Well, this is another, you bring another great point because kindergarten readiness is not just about the child. Kindergarten readiness is also how you're getting your family ready, right? And specifically you, Um, as the primary caregiver, if you, you know, through that lens. And the same is true then for teachers thinking about this when teachers are setting up their classrooms for that first year. I mean, kindergarten teachers have a whole other job. TK teachers have a whole other job. They are facilitating or being stewards of this big life transition where you go from having school, maybe part day if you're in preschool or in a family care setting or not leaving the home at all to all of a sudden being part of this greater system. And whether we like it or not, or realize it or not, all of our personal experience as a child, we bring with that us, right? When we re-enter. Our lens. Yep. It's our lens, right? right? It's our lens. Thank you. That's that's a fancier way to say it. I like (laughs) it. (laughs) We are bringing our lens. And so one, we've got to be aware of our lens, right? And and sometimes we kind of have to talk to our lens and say, hey, I know you're there. I know you were protecting me, but (laughs) my kid's safe. We're okay. This is a different experience, you know, and. Great point. Not just because, you know, we hand it down like straight jackets to our kiddos, right? The lenses that we have, we just give to them if we don't think about them. So I didn't, I didn't truly really understand this until um, I was, I was being aunt and I was at a school with somebody and we were at a very large school and I went to a very small school. And all of a sudden I was like, oh my God, this is way too big. I'm not going to know anybody. Because when I transitioned from a small school to a large school, 
it was hard, really hard. Yes, it can be very hard, right? Yeah. Yeah. And And it's the same true. I think the other thing is like, as you're getting older, if you move and your child is going from a large school to a small school, that's what happened to me. I went from a very large school to a pretty small school. Um, And it was pretty because you're a lot, there's a lot less other people to hide into. Right. And so that's also terrifying. So yeah. small school to big school, big school to small school, any of those changes can be very disconcerting and, you know, disorienting for somebody. And just remembering that in kindergarten specifically, it's their first time really most of the time, even if they went to TK or preschool, that it is as, it's new, right? It's just new. new. And right. even, yeah. I mean, TK is a little bit better because it is a, a different transition into kindergarten. A lot of times it's the same. If you went to the and, same school, the way, yeah. the way our, all of our districts and rural communities are trying to figure it all out to the best of their ability, we may not, you might not be at the exact same school for TK as kindergarten, or right. you might have a little bit of a different campus, right? You might have like a smaller campus for TK. So kindergarten might be the first time that you're on a bigger campus. <laughs> right, right. So, I mean, making the predictability happen for a a kiddo is important, but those introductions initially are important. And so helping them, you know, know what's going to happen and giving them. And if you as a parent have had anxieties and or, you know, less than great experiences at a school, you've really got to do your work. Like you said, you've got to recognize that lens and not just layer it on top of your, your child because you're not recognizing that's your, what you're coming to. Right. And we all have those things. Things. It's just important as a parent that we're working through those and not through our child, right? <laughs> working through them so we can help our child. And so I think, you know, those, it's important when you're talking about it and, and it goes even after they've started the school, right? Like you're still helping them. You're still talking about them. You're building routines, which is going to make it so much easier for them. So, you know, starting early on with some of the bedtime routines and goodbye routines, what do you do when you say goodbye? Right. And that's important at the first day of kindergarten. And much like you, my first daughter, um, it was just a little reverse. My first daughter was like, no, please stay, even though she knew people. And then my second daughter's like, bah, see ya. Don't wanna, you know, don't let the door hit you, you know. <laughs> so um, but I think it's just true. Like, really, we had goodbye routines. We had things like even it didn't matter where we were saying goodbye at. We had the same thing that yes. we said to each other. You we made had the something same consistent. Yes. yes. What was it? What was your goodbye routine? What helped? Um, we would always say, uh, we have a little saying that we say, you know, I love you bigger than the moon, more than there are stars. And we made it up together that, you know, it sounds similar to the other things, but we made it up together and that was what we did. And then we always, I always had to get a big hug and, a you know, um, and then, you know, I would just go right. And then I'd sneak back. Cause I'm, cause for myself, I needed to check in the window. Right. Right. Um, but I also helped in the classroom. And I think that that, you know, getting involved in the classroom helped, you know, my child, especially my second child, but helped my child. Um, that isn't always true. So you really have to gauge for your kiddo, like is my helping in the classroom or, you know, my mom or dad or sister or brother, auntie, uncle helping in the classroom going to be helpful to my child, or is that actually going to be distracting or less helpful to the teacher and other kids? Because it's not just about your kid. It's about all the kids, right? No, and actually we, um, well, one like big picture lens, I think that's an incredible thing to think about for families as they're getting themselves kindergarten ready is how do you want to make connection to the school and doing that in a way that feels good to you. So, you know, I love kids. I love playing with 
Plato and I love being messy and I love having chaos around me. So being in the classroom feels good to me. Many of my good friends, that is not the case for them. And so they choose to be connected by maybe being on site council, or they choose to be connected by maybe being part of the parent club, or simply by reaching out to the teacher and creating a relationship to say, hey, I'll bring snacks in if you want, right? And I think just to take that pressure off yourself of like, there's this perfect way to be an engaged kindergarten parent, and instead think about like, what does feel good to my heart? What can I do? What makes sense for me? That being said, like I said, I loved to be in the classroom. And with my second daughter realized we, you know, after the first time that I volunteered, I tried to volunteer early in the morning. That was when their language arts groups were. It's when I could be most helpful. And we had just totally blown the top off of her ritual of goodbye. And so when I went to leave, it was not okay. And so when, then we flipped it. And now when I volunteer, I volunteer at the end of the day. So I'm there during some exploration time. I can help with more language and um, play interactions and, you know, kind of um, STEM experiences. Yeah, it's awesome. Stay to the end, right? It's right up against the end. And then we're going home together. So she knows if she sees mom, when mom is coming, I'm going to get to leave with her. Right. Yeah. And that's important to recognize, right? It's important to realize that and to know what time of the day and to talk to the teacher about that. Cause most of the time, what my experience was, um, is that kindergarten teachers are more than open to having parental help in the classroom. It's better for them. It's better for their students. Cause you can do some, um, your student, you know, your child isn't always with you, but, um, which also helps with them for sometimes, right. But they, you can help with individual reading. So kids who are having a little bit more difficulty with, you know, learning some of the letters or learning some of the words and how to pronounce them, um, you get to do one-on-one work with them for the the teacher while they're doing some of the other class things. And um, so it's it's usually very well accepted. As they get older, sometimes the teacher's like, we really don't need anything from parents in, in these classrooms. <laughs> But that isn't true for kindergarten. And, um, you know, I think, you know, but I, I I'm not going to believe that's true. I have a third grader and I'm going to be needed the whole way through. Just let me, yes, let me be yeah, in that yeah. bubble. Keep for believing a that. I thought the same thing about, you know, sixth grade, the teachers were like, yeah, yeah. Thank you. But no, thank you anymore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they needed me for fifth grade. Cause there's needs camp. Right. So, you know, there's, <laughs> Okay, well, I do. dug into get your get your child ready to have develop develop relationships with other adults, right? Get them comfortable with other safe adults, and and think about what those strategies are for you, and then look within yourself to figure out what do you need to get ready for that kindergarten transition, right? And and what that looks like in your family and owning your own stuff, and then developing the patterns and, and routines that work. What about the, um, what I refuse to call the academic skills, because those adult social emotional connection skills are what gets you academic skills, but the um, language, the, the reading, the writing, and those kinds of things we hear a lot from schools, like, are you ready for this? Can you write your name? Can you say these alphabet words? Like, what, you know, I, I do one thing. I say, read with your kids, have right. them tell you stories, Right. That's my big thing. What do you say to that? How do you get that message across? So I I start to, when I'm talking to some of the parents, I do use some of the words, you know, and then I, you know, if they're looking at me like, what are you talking about? I kind of define it. But I do say, you know, literacy is super important. Literacy isn't just about reading. It's not just about writing your letters. It's really understanding how do you hold a book? Like, 
what way does it get? Can your child hold the book in the way you're supposed to, like with the pictures facing upward, not like upside down? And can they, yeah, do they turn the pages? You know, and, and you can see your child most of the time by that age, they are perfectly capable if you've been reading with them at all right? Or if they've watched anybody else do it, but sometimes they're not. And because that hasn't been something that has been a priority for your family and that's okay. But now's the time to start to help make sure that that is happening, right? Can they recognize some of the letters? Can they pronounce some of the letters? You know, the biggest thing for, for, you know, you talked about like, can they write words? Well, the biggest one is their own name. Can they write their own name? Can they at least write the first letter of their own name? Like making sure that they have at least some of that skill um, is really helpful to them if they're when they're entering into kindergarten specifically. Which means being right. exposed to those opportunities, right? Yeah. So I'm going to go on record now. What it does not mean is printing out a ditto from some fancy website. Please do not. Please do not. Yes. Don't do that, right? It means that when you are sitting at the kitchen table drawing, you say, oh my gosh, I'm going to write your name on that, Declan. You exactly. C-K-L-I-N. Your turn. You do it now. You right? do like, it. You do it. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and it means writing it in the air while you're sitting in the car, you know, in the pickup line for their bigger brothers or sisters. It means, oh, take your finger out and let's write your name in the air. Right. And Right. All those little opportunities of exposure um, and pointing out different letters in the grocery store, you know, saying, you know, cause there's lots of letters in the grocery store and sometimes there's big ones, right. And you can point that out and say, you know, that's the letter, you know, D what does D have dog, you know, and you start naming off or you start rhyming kids love rhyming games. And if oh. you point out the fact that, you know, these words sound similar. So it's also about that too, right. It's about helping them identify the words in the environment that they're already in. Look, you know, when you're driving down the road, that's a stop sign. Then they know it's a stop. It starts with S that sounds S, you know? And so, you know, it, you just point out those letters in everyday places, point out, you know, the letters in a book. If you're reading a book, reading to them, like you said, every, you know, at least 20 if minutes, you're gonna choose one thing, one big bang yeah. for your buff. It is sitting and reading. And then when yes. you're done reading, say, oh my gosh, that was a really funny story. Do you want to tell it to me again? Exactly. Right? And inviting them that gets language. It gets them exposure to print when they're turning the pages. They're actually doing some fine motor development, getting them ready to write. Right. If you can, like, if you can only think of one thing, that's the thing. That. And, right? and I encourage parents who don't find themselves strong readers um, to make up the story themselves too, because yeah. really it's about having them then repeat back to you because understanding the story, that's a part of literacy as well, right? Just understanding that the dog ran through the park, right? And that Jane chased her dog. And you can do that by just watching, looking at the pictures, if you're feeling like you're not capturing the words, right? And, uh, and, and I'll tell you, it, 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 there were times when I would skip words reading a story because it's the 15th time I had to read the story. Um, as I get older, you're, you're less likely to be able to do that. Okay. Cause they're like, well, you just skip the word. Um, you know, but when they're young and they're still not, not quite as uh, literate around the words that are on the page, then you can, you can do that. And again, if you're not a strong reader, that's okay. You're still encouraging your own child to love and be a part of reading in the way that you can. So sit there with them, you know, use the pictures for your story and then have them tell you know what you said. So even if it's not exactly what's printed, they can tell you what they heard and then you know that they're listening. So that's the other part of learning through this, right? Like learning to listen to other people yes. for 
information, right? It's about learning for information purposes. So, you know, and that's not an easy task for people to sit and listen to others, but that's how we learn sometimes, right? It's actually one of my, uh, my new year's, whatever is, I don't want to call it resolutions is to enter every conversation, expecting to learn something new, like trying to listen for the ability to learn. Right. And that's a great, it's a skill that we can develop in our twos and threes and fours, listening with the intent to change our mind. Right. So when parents like, I don't like to read, I don't think I can help my kid read. I'm like, well, then sing songs, Mm -hmm. sing little nursery rhymes, sing, you know, kid songs, sing not a kid song, as long as it's an appropriate one. You know, I don't, I don't know that, you know, you have to um, sit and read if that isn't your thing. However, it is going to be helpful to your child to try and instill that love of reading because it's going to need to be done throughout their academic career and their adulthood. Like, I don't know how you get away with not reading. You know, you may not read for pleasure as an adult, but you definitely have to read. Um, and so well, and that's the thing. we're not trying. And so for me and my home and, and for the children I support, I'm not trying to raise successful third graders. I'm trying to raise successful humans. So it's right. not about that. The early reading experiences raises our third grade reading scores, which is nice, but right. that's not the end game. The, exactly. It's about that our early experiences with positive adults and reading can predict easier, like, like lifelong things like getting a career easier, graduating from college easier, having more friends, like these things predict lifelong success. So while you're getting them ready for kindergarten, you're actually also getting them ready for life. Exactly. So Um, the only thing we really haven't touched on that I usually make a point to, and like that was included in my original definition is on um, numeracy. So what do you think about, how do you talk about getting our mathematical brains engaged and ready in our three and four-year-olds for kindergarten? Well, you know, I just encourage people to count everything, right? Like count the stairs you're walking up, count the stairs you're walking down, count the cars you're playing with, count count the clouds in the sky. Uh, Just count, just count and talk about everything um, and point out numbers just like you would point out letters, right? Like, oh, look, there's the number one, you know, Um, you know, we have one apple, you know, and so just starting to do that and talking about the, you know, different parts of, you know, numeracy are important as well, because what people don't realize is that numeracy is not just numbers, right? It's also sizes. So big, small, you know, um, quantity type relation. Yes. 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 And you can talk about matching and sorting by saying, oh, these are the same color. These are the same, you know, shape. These are the same, because that's also a part of, you know, numeracy, um, you know, those, I mean, those four-year-old brains, like they want to categorize like nobody's business. Right. And so if they're wanting to do that, then including that math language, like around big and small and heavy and light and yeah. And shapes, right. Because shapes are geometric and geometry is math. Um, as much as people don't like to hear that it is. (laughs) And so circles, squares, triangles, you know, rhombus. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So, so that's kind of what we, we, you know, what I kind of encourage and, and, you know, that's what I did with my kids. I, we, we would count everything, you know, I still count sometimes up the stairs because I want to know how many stairs I've had to climb, you know, but I think it's just is it matching the correct steps. Am I yes, really is what my I, yeah. watch telling me the correct number? Because if it's not, I'm correcting it manually. Um, no, but I think it's, no, I think it's important that, um, you know, parents are talking about these things. And the more we talk about them, the more they're likely to catch on to those 
different concepts and be able to utilize them. Because again, it's about helping them become successful in life, not just successful in kindergarten or first grade or third grade. It's, you know, success throughout their entirety of uh, life. On And, you know, that's like we talked about with literacy numbers and mathematical reasoning has so many components. Um, if you really want to narrow it down, the two biggest things I think are, like you said, identifying kind of sorting categories, patterns, right? Because that right. Really overlaps into the literacy piece as well. And it's so natural to do. And the second um, that we really see from the research is that is that number sense, that number line, like you talked about counting. So yeah. every time you're counting, especially if you're counting as you're moving, you're counting up the stairs, one, two, three, you're creating the sense in the child's brain that there is a number line and it starts at nothing at zero, right? And it goes up and increases by one each time. So when you're setting the table, identifying like, oh, I need three plates and then putting the three plates out there, right? And I need five forks or I need oh, we have three, we need two more, right? Constantly doing that, where where are we in the number line and how many more do we need? Um, that is one of the biggest then predictors when they get into the higher level math skills in third, fourth, and fifth grade, they have this strong foundation. Right, exactly. And, or, and even just like we have, you know, five strawberries, I ate two. Now we only have three. Or we each had one. Now we only have three, you know, so that people, so that your child understands the concept of adding, but then also that things get reduced, right? So you start at a number and then as the time goes by, it can get reduced, right? And so, you know, both ways under, you know, giving them the language and you're building that pathway in their brain to start with that, right? And and as they get older, they learn more complicated you know, mathematical equations, and you're not going to teach that to them at kindergarten level, because that is definitely not conceptually something that their brain is yet ready for. Um, You're not going to teach them, you know, the, you know, some algebraic equation, typically, you know, unless there's some, you know, sort of. Right. And if they are, then great. Right. Yeah. Great. They can help me learn. Um, I think one of the things we didn't touch on um, is, you know, as much as I think we should, is that independence, like helping your child oh, yes. learn how to be more independent from you, because up until now, they may not have had that opportunity. Again, that's part of like going to the park and letting them yes. play with the kids, but it's also like helping them learn that they can dress themselves. Like they can, you want them to be able to put their backpack on by themselves, because at the end of the day, if you're not there, um, helping in the classroom to help them, they have to do that because the teacher can't do it for every single student that's there. Right. So, you know, I think it's important that, you know, we recognize that there are different things that we can help our child be more independent about. And so, you know, one of the things that I encourage parents to do earlier on, even at four, like letting them picking out a couple outfits, but then letting them choose, right. And making sure it's easy clothes for them to put on and off by themselves so that in the morning when they're getting ready and you're getting ready, you know, you're not helping them the entirety of the morning trying to get ready. I, yeah, a hundred percent and buy shoes with no shoelaces. Really, I know. And parents are like, but I want them to learn to tie their shoes. Oh, help them learn to tie their shoes. A hundred percent. But those mornings when you are not able to support that in a quick manner, then providing that independence with the slip on shoe is just a glorious gift to yourself. Right. It is. And, you know, the other piece is lunches. 
lunch boxes. All right. Yes. You know, you can get public, you can get school lunch, but then yeah. they also need to learn how to do that. Right. But you know, if you're giving them their little lunch box, making sure it's things that they know how to open, that they know how to navigate. And a lot of kids do know that, like, but some kids you've done that for them because they're home and you're home and it makes sense for you just you to get it done. Just continue the patterns without realizing, oh, they have the, the fine motor skills to independently open this because you've developed this pattern and ritual of how you get ready for lunch or how you get ready for a snack. Like, and there's no fault to any parent no, or exactly. any caregiver. It's about this opportunity to take a step back and say, oh, what can they do by themselves? And can I let them have more independence? I think that's just, you know, get curious about that throughout your day and finding those spaces. Um, I'd love to circle back to independence, maybe on another episode and really lean into independent play and yes. benefit and, and how the heck do you set that up successfully? Right, right, right. And without it always being independent play, because yes. that's also not necessarily, yes, yes definitely we'll do that um, for sure. You know, I think but the other thing is, oh, sorry, go for it. Oh, I was just going to say just, you know, as kind of a final thing around independence for this topic is just making sure that they, you know, can wash their hands after they go to the bathroom by themselves, that they know how to, you know, um, you, you know, use certain objects by themselves, right? You know, that you've given them the opportunity, which also lends itself to other areas that we've talked about, but like a pencil, a crayon, letting them have those utensils or writing um, apparatus to, to do what they need to do, right? And can they jump? Can they hop? Have you given them the opportunity to develop these skills that they're going to need once they get into, you know, a more formalized academic setting is what I like to call it. Yes. And, <laughs> because I think it's important, you know, as a parent, you know, you, they, you don't always know everything that you need to do. And most of the time, parents are really good about that physical activity, allowing them to learn to throw a ball or jumping and skipping and doing all that. But sometimes that isn't, ha hasn't been their, their That's real. Environment so, and what you have available yeah. to you. Right, right, right. So, okay. So I did want to wrap it up with connections to your tool. What is it called? Your kinder tool? We do have a kindergarten, right? A next stop kindergarten guide is what we call yeah. it. Yes. Okay. Awesome. Yes. So, so you can, we have those available, you know, you can get them um, from any of the school districts here in town. They all have them. They usually hand them out during um, kindergarten roundup, but we do also have them at like Shasta Community Health Center and the OB um, or the family docs rather, um, because we want people to start you know, preparing sooner, you know, we kindergarten roundup is actually starting to get a little, you know, bit into the squeeze time for you as a parent with trying to help your child be better prepared. Um, it's still a start. So it's still beforehand. But um, if you wanted it before the kindergarten roundup that your district has or the school you're choosing to have your child go to, um, and most all schools, including private schools and charter schools have something they call similar to kindergarten roundup, but, you know, you just ask like, what do you do for kind of a, you know, meet and greet kind of thing for kindergarten or information sessions for parents around kindergarten. Um, and they usually can tell you, but we usually have them at all of the districts and all of the schools, uh, um, 
you know, we call around to make sure that they're, uh, and, and we are obviously, you know, a location you could get them at too. So if you wanted to stop by first five Shasta or, you know, come, you know, send an email, we can, we can get you one, but I think it's really a helpful tool. It does talk a lot about what we've talked about, um, but it also kind of gives some of the information around ages. So we know that, UTK, which is Universal Transitional Kindergarten, is coming for people, and it kind of gives some of the guidelines around what age groups and what the dates are and what you should bring as a parent when you're registering your child for any school, you know, around, you know, birth certificate, immunizations, because that's not necessarily something you would know. I mean, as a parent, you didn't have to do that when you were going to school. Your parent had to do that, and things change over time. So, you know, it just gives kind of that kind of guidance around where to go, who to talk to, what to say kind of um, information. Oh, I love that. You know, we don't have a specific tool here in Tehama County. Um, We do have references to different great websites, like all about young children and um, some of those kinds of things to help give some information. But really, we connect to our Help Me Grow. And, you know, everybody's Help Me Grow is a little bit different. For us, one of the big things our Help Me Grow um, navigator partners through Tehama County Department of Education, that, that wheel of our Help Me Grow Um, they partner with school districts to do kindergarten roundups. And so the reason that's so amazing is that they are on-site supporting and doing developmental screening. So not just maybe what the teacher's interested in and a quick snapshot of, of where that child is coming in for them to understand, but a developmental screening for the parent. So the parent knows exactly how they can do all these things we just talked about unique for that child over the next four to five months as they are getting ready to actually start school, right? Um, and it helps us connect earlier. So oftentimes those four and five-year-old parents also have two and three-year-old kiddos. And so, um, if you are interested, if you're in Tehama County, you, um, you know, reach out to us and we're happy to connect you with Help Me Grow or let you know when, um, you know, as, as the year rolls on, if there's opportunities to connect to your school district with Help Me Grow as well. Yes. Help Me Grow is an amazing, um, informational partner with us as well, obviously, because we, you know, fund it. But I I think it's also just an avenue. So aside from, you know, you could call and ask Help Me Grow for Mm -hmm. not only the ASQ, but the the kindergarten readiness guide as well. And um, I think it's just, you know, one of the things that the kindergarten readiness guide is, you know, first five Shasta, Shasta County Office of Education and Reach Hire Shasta under under the partnership for Reach Hire Shasta. That's why where we came up with it. And we're trying to get it for the TK arena and then beyond uh, even before that, because we know that, you know, education starts in the home yes. um, and with the parents. And that education continues with the parents throughout the duration of a child's, you know, life and including in the academic, more academic setting. And I think that what parents, you know, parenting isn't for the faint of heart, I think, you know, but I think we don't always realize like how much our child really looks to us um, and that we are, you know, and I know when they become kind of teenagers, they kind of peers become really super important and they're listening to their peers most often. But by the time they turn like 17, 18, they're beginning to, again, revert toward this, your parent was the solid voice in your life. And they really begin to start attaching to our values, our hopes, our dreams most of the time, right? So it's really important that we as parents are modeling to them that this is an okay thing for them, that this is good for them, that we're supporting them, learning how to be productive members of a community. And 
providing them with the opportunities for different educational settings is a way to help them become productive members of a community. It isn't for everyone. So I understand homeschooling is a value to many people. And now homeschools have the ability to get together um, with other homeschoolers. So that's good. So just making sure you're finding those opportunities, if that's the choice your family has made for your child and knowing what the expectations are of those different grades um, as a homeschool person, right? Because not every parent is, you know, knowledgeable about that and it's okay. But making sure if you've decided that homeschool is the avenue you want to go, you're providing other opportunities for socialization, for them to become integrated into community in a different way. Oh, I, I just love talking about this. I, you know, we could, we could really, um, support all of our community members as we think about getting our families, teachers, and children kindergarten ready. It's something that will affect all of us, everyone. Definitely. Definitely. Right. I know. All right. Thank you, Miss Heidi. I've appreciated it. I appreciate our sponsors as well. So be sure to check out anything on KIXE and PBS that might be helpful to you in yeah. getting your child prepared for kindergarten. And, um, you know, we know that uh, we have some great people out there. Champions for NorCal Kids is grateful for the continued sponsorship from KIXE Channel 9 and Expect More Tehama. Remember to like and subscribe to be notified for upcoming podcasts and visit our websites for any additional information, resources, or needs. They are listed in the podcast description. We hope you've enjoyed today's podcast. Please plan to join us next time. Remember, it only takes one person in a child's life to make a difference in building resilience. Will you be that person?